Today we are starting this new series called Seasons, all right? And uh, we're going to talk over the next several weeks just kind of a big picture like today about what seasons are and how they work and why in the world did God kind of create uh, this seasonal um, uh, creation? Why did he put that into creation in terms of helping us understand how we function and live? We're going to talk about how we see God work in and through our seasons, and we're going to kind of address how you can actually, ahead of time, sort of prepare for some of the seasons that God might have for you and actually, you know, a start and understand where you are in the midst of seasons and kind of moving through a season intentionally. And so we're going to walk through that over the next uh, several weeks. Today, we're going to look at three questions. What are seasons? How do seasons work? And why? And so today, we'll start with what are seasons? What, what, what are uh, seasons outside of, you know, spring summer, uh, fall, and winter, right? What are seasons when it comes to life? Well, um, they're periods of time, right? They're periods of time. They're stages of life. I wrote down a few things. Intensity. Sometimes stages are measured by the intensity of effort and focus. Sometimes they're measured uh, that we have words for them like midlife crisis, uh, the honeymoon period, uh, the golden years, transitional uh, periods of time, the good old days, right? Uh, or just hard times, we'll look back at something and say hard times. These are all just ways that we describe the seasons that we experience, the seasons uh, of life. And so uh, we want to look at, and we're going to be spending a little bit of time there today, in the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. Now, uh, Solomon, King Solomon, just you don't know who he is, uh, Solomon gave us three books in the Old Testament, all part of the poetic book. Solomon is David, King David. King David's kind of the star, right, of the Old Testament. Uh, everybody knows the stories of King David. He's King David's son. And uh, one of the things that we, we, we read about uh, Solomon is that God wanted to bless Solomon as he became a king, as he grew up. And uh, he asked Solomon what he wanted, and Solomon asked for, if anybody knows, just shout it out. What did he ask for? Wisdom. He asked for wisdom, right? So he actually told God, I, I would like wisdom. So he is really known as the wisest man who has ever lived outside of Jesus Christ. He's the wisest man who ever lived. He gave us uh, three incredible books, Proverbs. He gave us uh, Song of Solomon, which is a little, you know, brown chicken, brown cow kind of thing. Like, you gotta, you know, don't, don't just dive into that until you're ready. Um, and then he gave us Ecclesiastes. And the thing I love about Ecclesiastes is that it seems that it was written later in his life. It's a whole book about life, about the wisdom of life and the foolishness of life and the seasons of life. And it's kind of written towards the end after he's kind of figured some stuff out and he shares with us through Ecclesiastes some of the reflection that he has um, as fool, from foolishness perspective and from the wisdom uh, perspective. But right there, right pretty early on in Ecclesiastes 3, he addresses the seasons uh, of life. So let's read that together. This is Ecclesiastes 3 if you want to turn there. And it says, every, for everything, really for everything, there's a season, a time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to em embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. And then he kind of summarizes it a few verses later as he's packed all those into those first few verses. 
He goes on to say, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. Read, read that from the context. Really, he's made every season, everything that happens, every activity known to man. He's made everything beautiful for its own time. He planted eternity into the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to the end. This is an important uh, summarization because... Um, Solomon wants us to understand that, hey, seasons are just simply a part of life. There's a time for everything uh, that's going to be experienced in this life, and they're there uh, really for a purpose <clears throat> for this season. And so he goes on to say, and as he summarizes, he says, look, everything's been made beautiful. We don't recognize sometimes the beauty in our seasons until they're well past in our rearview mirror, right? In hindsight, we, sometimes we don't recognize it, but we can trust when Solomon says that God's saying, no, there's, God is working even in the midst of a season right now that you don't understand. He's working something that's going to be beautiful from that season and for that season. And yet, he says, you know, one of the reasons is that God planted eternity in our hearts, which is a basic way of saying that everybody, no matter what season you're in today, right now, uh, you know there's more, right? You know there's more to your life. You know there's more than just the season you're in. That's part of what he said. And yet, he said, we are limited. Because no matter, even though that's in us, even though that's kind of wired in us, we don't know it. We can't see the full scope of the seasons of the work of God. In our lives, in, a, in the world, we just can't see it all. We can't see that scope from beginning to end. So we're somewhat limited, even though we know, even though our gut tells us there's more, there's more, there's more that we can know about seasons and see it. But we have to know not just what they are, but we have to know how seasons work. So I'm going to spend a little time today just talking with you about how seasons work, or how do seasons work, some of the other questions we're going to answer. And I'm going to focus a little bit more on two specific things today. I'm going to show you uh, all seasons have a beginning, middle, and end. Okay, They all have a beginning, middle, middle and end. Uh, seasons start, seasons end. Uh, that's just true. The middle is in between. Everybody nod your head if you're with me. That's very scientific, but that's just how it works. Um, this is going to be really important in the next couple of weeks as we talk about being in the middle of a season or and trying to f figure out what God's doing, uh, or how do we intentionally uh, start new seasons? How do we intentionally uh, work to be prepared for when new seasons are coming? And we don't know when they're coming because right now in the middle of a season. So that's just going to be a part of the next uh, several weeks as we kind of uh, work this through. But, but this is the part that I want to focus on today. Uh, seasons really do work layers upon layers. Uh, that, that's something to understand about how seasons function. There's something very dangerous about approaching seasons with that sort of bumper sticker uh, theology, you know, when God closes a chapter, you know, he just lets you start a new one. You ever heard, ever heard that, uh, that statement? Like there's, there's something a little dangerous about viewing seasons of your life as this kind of thin linear line that certain things start and so then things end and, and other things don't really start until this thing ends. Seasons are happening all the time, and you're actually in multiple seasons in, in, at one time. That's because it's kind of layered. It's a layered idea. When the, Welcome to the complexity of being a human, right? Like, that's just part of our life. And so what I did, and this is going to be your homework, so go ahead and just have this in your head now. I, I want you to do the same thing as I did as prepping for this uh, series. I took just a small season, a small time period in my life, and I chose three categories just to be an example. So I chose three major categories, work, kids, and health. And I only took a five-year span. Okay, I'm 42 years old. Five years isn't that long anymore, right? So um, that's, that's just a five-year window. And just I want you to notice uh, the, the, the activity 
of what I just kind of mapped out in generalities, the seasons I've been going through. There's multiple seasons. It's layers upon layers all happening at the same time. Okay, so health, I'll walk you through this a little later, but health, I had some, some low level of uh, really attention at all to health for a while. Then I had a high level of intensity uh, for a two-year period of time, and then I had another, I had kind of some stuff going on and happened to me, and then, you know, I've shifted into another season uh, even just in the last three or four months. You know, work is one of those things, too, that has, you know, I know I work for a church, but still it's a work, it's, it's my job, it's, I've had different seasons at work, incredible intensity and growth. This is, anybody remember, was around Journey when all my staff left one summer? Do you guys all remember that at all? Yeah, yeah, that, that wasn't awesome at the time. So that was a time in, in my season, and then there was some strategic building and growing and, you know, kind of restaffing and doing some other things. That's part of it. Now, kids, I had a hard time with the kids one because all three of my kids could use their own chart, Right? in terms of the seasons of life that I'm in with my kids. Now, the reason I started off here just in the last five years, there was a period of time five years ago, I'll just share this, this beautiful time with you. There was a period of time when uh, my kids were older elementary age, okay? And we went to the pool and didn't have to pay attention to them. Do you guys know what I'm talking about at all? Yeah, it's a theory to some, but it actually did happen, okay? Uh, we could actually have a conversation or actually read a book. We went to, on date nights, and we went, you know, we went on vacation with just the two of us. There was this period of time. And then uh, Baby Awesome uh, showed up, right? So uh, level of intensity, you know, cranked up, and there was a season of time that it was very, very different in our house. And we wouldn't have it any other way, but that's just the season changed. And I really should have pegged this out the whole time because, you know, we we're, we're find ourselves in a new, you know, again, multiple stage season where we're raising a teenager, and an early, a young a middle schooler and a toddler, right? We have children that go to bed after we go to bed because we're exhausted. And we have children that still wake us up in the middle of the night uh, and they can't tell us what's wrong. You guys with me? Nod your head if anybody's with me because that's, that's just the seasons we're in. So, uh, the, but you got to see how that's just the last five years. All these seasons are working together. It really isn't just this one little time frame, well, in my 40s or in my this or whatever. It's not, it doesn't work that way. There are so many, this is just three categories. I could have chose three others. There are multiple things happening and multiple seasons happening all the time. And God's at work in every single one of them. And it's important. This is the reason I want you to see this. It's important to have that perspective. It's important to have this multiple layer upon layer perspective of the seasons that you're walking through in your life with God because there is something that all of us just tend to do. We tend to begin, and this is where I'm going to give you a little bit of a warning. We have this time where we go into single season blinders, okay, the single season blinders. So when you have single season blinders, this is what it looks like, all right? You, you like my blinders? I used this like four years ago, and they're still, they're still good. When you have single-season blinders, you oh, there you are. There's more people. Okay, here we go. Um, you, you have this time when it doesn't matter. It can, it's multiple ways in which we use this. But we all kind of drift to the single-season blinder because let's just say things are going great in one of the seasons of your life, but then things aren't going well at all in some of the other seasons. And so you'll put the blinders on because someone will come and be like, how, how, what's going on? How are you doing? Man, work is amazing, right? We're just crushing it. It's, a, it's, it's incredible. But we have the blinders on because what we don't want to do is kind of focus on, we're distracted from, we're ignoring that my marriage is not doing well at all, right? Or, 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 that, or that I'm having some issue, like depression is maybe kicking in or I'm dealing with an addiction 
in the early stages that I don't really want to pay any attention to. So I just put on the single season uh, blinders just so I can focus on the thing that's going well. We all do this. Other ways we use this is when things are actually going through, and we're actually going through a hard season. We're actually going through a difficult season. And when we're staring at that difficult season or a season of high intensity, sometimes it's like it's so overwhelming to us that we really can't pay any attention to anything else that's going on. You know, like, like, you know, I see this with young parents oftentimes, young parents and, and raising two young kids and three young kids, and they're, they're so focused on the attention and the focus, they can't really put any time into their marriage or relationship right now. They can't really deal with their health right now because that's, you know, I'm just so overwhelmed. I have this, these blinders on where I'm only kind of focused on this single season. And most seasons that we are in the middle of, you know, just depending on what it is, most seasons that we're in the middle of can tend to feel like a little bit of a hamster on a wheel. Everybody nod your head if you're with me, right? It's just sometimes we're in a season and it just doesn't seem like it's ever going to end. could be at work, could be kids, could be relationship, doesn't matter. And so again, because, because of that, we put our blinders on and, and we can't seem to get past the fact that this won't end. The season won't end. And we're just staring at it the whole time and we miss the opportunities that God is bringing to us in other seasons. We don't get involved in the things we should be getting involved in because we're so fixated on this season. We have to be very careful. I'm just giving this warning. It's a very natural thing for us to do. But we have to be very careful when we put the blinders on. Because when we do this, we tend to ignore, and we don't tend to really do that much work on the other areas of our life and the other stages that we're in, and, and we really miss what God's doing. We miss being able to recognize that God's at work in another season because we're so fixed and focused on this season. Now, what I love is Solomon and kind of just the wisdom that he is. When he starts Ecclesiastes, and I would just challenge you to read Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is a phenomenal book. you got to read it to beginning to end because there's so much great stuff in there about life. But he actually starts Ecclesiastes with the reflection of having single-season blinders on. I know It's just the way he draws us into the book. Because he doesn't even start talking about seasons fully until chapter 3. But in chapter 1, when he starts off the book, he kicks it right off with these single season blinders, this, this, this perspective and reflection of life, only looking at one thing. And here's how he starts it. Let's just read these first three words together out loud, okay? Let's do that. Ready? Everything is meaningless. One more time. Read it out loud. Everything is meaningless. I would challenge you Take this first verse, second verse, and put it in your email. Like, let's see if anybody notices, right? Instead of that little inspirational quote you have. No, no. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher. Completely meaningless. What do people get for their hard work under the sun? That's a rhetorical question. He doesn't really want you to answer because it's meaningless, right? He goes on to say, generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets then hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south and then turns north, and around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea's never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely repeats itself. It's all been done before. And it says nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people will say, hey, there's something new. But no, it's actually old. (laughs) 
Nothing is ever truly new. Man, Solomon. Every party has a pooper, right? Like, this is a, this is a guy having a bad day. And you've got to read a little bit more chapter 1 and see how he begins to turn the conversation. But he's, he's truly reflecting and sharing it with the readers. Like, this is a perspective that people have. This is the perspective that people have, especially when they have those blinders on, because that's all they see. What's left for the fool or the wise, they have the same fate in the end, is what he says. You have to recognize that this is part of him walking people through understanding, as he gets to chapter 3, the, the seasons of life, the thing that God has purpose for in your seasons. You have to be very careful of those blinders because you're not going to be able to recognize what God's doing in these multiple seasons, and you will wake up every day, and you will find yourself more than you should going, you know what? Everything's just wearisome beyond description. The third question is why. Why seasons, right? Like, like, okay, it's one thing to know how they work, and we understand what seasons are, but why? Like, why did God create this seasonal life, the, the fact that we are going to go round and round in seasons of life? I've struggled with the answer to this, and here's my basic answer. Here's my basic answer, because God. Because God said so. Because God created it that way. Because he's smarter than you. Right? Because God knew that we couldn't be going all the time. We had to have times to rest. God knew that we couldn't be growing all the time. It couldn't always be up and to the right. That we had to have times of reflection. God knew that, that, that happiness was always, always a, a, a proper picture of happiness was always in contrast to sorrow. God knows that we cannot simply learn some of the things that we need to learn through the good times. They don't challenge us the way that the hard times do. Because God, because God knows. And that's the reason he created seasons. That's the reason that we have multiple seasons going on at, all at one time. That's the reason that you, you know, when you do your two or three or five year span, you're going to see how complex your seasons have been. And hopefully you're going to see that God's been a part of it all along. Now, I, I believe there, I'm just going to give you four, but I believe there's four ways in which I think we see God answer the question, why? Why, why seasons? Why did he create this? So here's four, four ways that I'm going to walk you through this quickly, but why, why did he do this? Well, first, I think we see God's purpose. I think it's one of the ways he works through us in seasons is to see God's purpose and to reflect on his purpose. A little bit later on Ecclesiastes 5, now he says this, Solomon says this several times throughout Ecclesiastes, that we are all given a lot in life. We are given the seasons, we're given for a reason. But he kind of always, he's, at least four times I believe, he says kind of similar words as what I'm going to read. This is just one example. But he says, you know, we should make the most of what God gives us. Talking about the seasons. Both the bounty and the capacity to enjoy it Accepting what, God, accepting what he's given and delighting in the work. Delighting in what he's given us for a reason. He goes on to say it's God's gift. Like the season you're in, regardless of whether you see it or not, it's a gift. God deals out the joy in the present and the now. 
It's useless to brood over how long you might live. This was just a direct thing he was talking about. Like, it's useless for you to be that concerned about your future if you're not enjoying the now. If you're not understanding the season you're in, if you're not understanding the purpose that God has for you, then why are you so worried about the future? Now, you may have to go back and listen to the, to the um, it was the gifted series I did back in January, and I talked about being gifted for purpose in order to understand this particular phrase, but I wanted to bring this back as just a reminder. This is coming from the, the first question of the, the Westminster Catechism. It says, uh, you know, what is the chief end of man? What is our ultimate purpose? It's to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's our ultimate purpose, to glorify God, to live for God, and enjoy him and enjoy the work he's given us, the seasons he's given us forever. And this is a really difficult thing for some people that have those blinders on it, that struggle to see the seasons, but God really might be working through your season right now and some of the seasons you're in, he might be working through to help remind you of your purpose, remind you that you're supposed to be living for him and and enjoying him and glorifying him, regardless of the seasons you find yourself in. Because I mean, and I very rarely speak for God, but I, I feel pretty comfortable saying this. We're so fixated on, on future things. We're so sometimes fixated on other things that, that I can say this. You know, God cares a lot less than you do about the career you're building. God cares a lot less than you do about your financial future security that you're so fixed on. You know, God cares a lot less than you do about whether your name's going to last 50 years longer than my name. He cares about whether you are right now, right now, in the seasons you're in, right now, glorifying God and enjoying what he's given you. That's what he cares about. That's, that some of the seasons are come because they, they want us to reflect and remind us and align us back to God's purpose in our life, to enjoy the lot he's given us. He's given us the bounty and the capacity to delight in him, to delight in the seasons we're in. It's hard to see, especially with the blinders on. Another one is just God's timing. There's other things we see into why seasons. God's timing's at work. Uh, There's a couple places that Paul writes this, and there's a place in the Gospels that you'll read it as well, but I love this particular uh, phrase in terms of the way in which this is delivered most of the time. And this is, uh, I'm going to read from Galatians, where it says this. It says, And I want you to read these three words. But when the what? The right time came. When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. And it said God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us, his very own children. See, God's timing is always at work. And that's just something that you and I have a hard time trusting God in is to trust him in the timing of things. And maybe for you, sometimes the blinders you have on and the stuff you're struggling with in your current season, you're really just struggling with a timing aspect of what God's doing. You're wanting a season to end, and he's telling you no, but he's not telling you no because he doesn't love you. He's not telling you no because he doesn't care about you. I mean, he has adopted you as a child of God. It's a timing thing. It's a timing thing. You have to trust his Timing is always at work in the seasons that we're in. 
The third um, that I see, not just purpose, not just timing, but sometimes in our seasons, what we, what we really are reflecting on is God's training. God's training. This is actually in Deuteronomy. This is a passage that, you, that Jesus quotes uh, when he walks on this earth. This is a passage where Moses is reflecting on a season of God's people as they wandered through the, through the wilderness. Let's just read this. This is in Deuteronomy 8. He says, this is Moses to the people of God. He says, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, this season, humbling you and teaching you, testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. He goes on to say, yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food preserve or previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Again, words that Jesus would pull when he was tested and speak. He says, rather we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. For all of these 40 years, for this whole season, your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. He says, think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. Now, this is a hard one. I know this is one that we don't like to talk about, but the reality is is that there are seasons that you are in, you know, sections and seasons of your life that you've experienced because of your own decisions, because of your own choices, because of your own actions, just like the, the Israelites were experiencing. I love this passage because it said, look, even in the midst of that, God was still at work training you, disciplining you, testing you to see whether or not you would just start living God's way. Would you just start obeying? Like, I know you're so, you're in the mess you're in, you're in the season you're in because you consistently choose your way or you're choosing the, the culture's way on how to live and how to do this in your marriage, at work, in your finances. But would you just obey? Are you going to get to a place in this training time? where you will obey God's way. Even in the midst of those, that training and that discipline, God was present. I love that part of the, like, your clothes didn't wear out. Your sandals didn't, you didn't have blisters on your feet. God humbled you, but also provided for you. This is a big deal for us because we don't like to see seasons as seasons of discipline and training. But that might be where you are. That you're just, you're in a place where God's just waiting to see you know, if I change this season for you that you've been praying and begging for, are you going to obey? Are you going to surrender and do it my way, God's way? I don't know the answer to that for you. I love this quote. This is by an author and a speaker, a current day author and speaker named Christine Kane. I love this quote where she says this. She says, sometimes you think you're being buried when actually you're just being planted. Because God, you know, God's going to use this season to grow you. Aren't those kind of the two of the same thing? Sometimes you think you're being buried and overwhelmed, but you're actually just being planted. God has a whole different purpose for why you think you're experiencing the things you're experiencing. Because he's got a plan. Because there's a purpose, right? He's actually going to use this time to grow you and grow me. So sometimes what we're, what we're experiencing, why the season we're in, the answer is because it's a time of training. It's a time of discipline. The fourth one is God's grace. To reveal and to see and to sit in God's grace. I want to read this passage from um, 
from the book of, uh, from the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. This is a verse that's been very um, powerful to me in the last several months. It's kind of come to mind several, several, several times. But this is a great passage where Paul sort of shares a little bit of his personal story with the church. He shares it through the letter and he shares a little bit of his personal, not super big details, but just a little glimpse of what he's dealing with and some things God's teaching him. And this is in 2 Corinthians. He says, I was given a thorn in my flesh. We don't know what that is. There's a lot of speculation as to what it is. He describes it metaphorically as a messenger from Satan to torment him and to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Three different times I begged him to take it away. And each time he said to me, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. And this is Paul saying, so now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. It says, that's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm, re- for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And this, I'm not saying that this has been a good thing necessarily for me always, but when this verse has come back to me and come back to me and come back to me in a particular season in my life, um, I, I just, I'll just share with you honestly, um, I, I don't take pleasure in weakness. I don't enjoy that at all. Nod your head if you, if you are agreeing with me at all. Like, I don't take pleasure in that at all. And yet this, I want to share a little bit of my story with you as well, just, to, just because I feel like someone here needs to hear it, and I feel like maybe somebody online needs to hear it later. But, but there's been a season in my life that I have felt these words come back to me over and over and over again. Two years ago, a little over two years ago, if you remember my layered uh, chart, I was experiencing an incredible, uh, I was coming off of an incredible health Journey. There were some things that I needed to work on and things that I was focused on. And uh, 18 months prior to that time, two years ago, I had uh, started that journey and I'd, I'd lost uh, 70 pounds and I had uh, uh, changed my BMI to down 15%, which was a huge deal to my doctors and my blood work and all the stuff that I was focused on was just just spot on and everything was going well and my activity and my energy, everything was on the up. Everything was as healthy as it had ever possibly maybe been for me in my entire uh, life up to that point. In the fitness world, lingo, I was crushing it. That's what I was doing. And then it was Valentine's Day weekend, 2016. As best they can tell, a virus. And it's as research shows, it's more than likely the, the Coxsackie virus. It's a virus that shows up with kids um, that, uh, you know, usually hand, foot, and mouth. Is, that's, that's the same virus. But this virus in adults has the, has the chance to morph, and it becomes something that attacks the heart. And so for me, this virus, they would assume this virus had gone in and attacked my heart and had weakened my heart and given me this what's called cardiomyopathy which is basically a way of saying my heart is, was so weak because it just couldn't pump enough blood out to my body. And, 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 I, you know, and I'll never forget, to, this is one of the reasons that it came to mind because uh, Easter's coming up. And two Easter's ago, two Easter's ago, you may not have known it, but most people didn't notice. <laughs> two Easter's ago, I was wearing underneath my shirt uh, a vest 
that had these big paddles on my chest and a big battery pack uh, back behind my back. And it, was, and it was there because I was in this state of danger. I was in a danger zone where if my heart were to stop, this would like, you know, bring me back, which hindsight for Easter would have been absolutely amazing illustration. Are you with me? Now, I'm not volunteering for that at all. Hear me say it. But, you know, hindsight, that's always in my mind, right? So for, for me, and I share that to say, for me, um, one of the things about that period of time is that um, we caught things early. That was the, one of the best parts about it. We caught things pretty early. Most people don't realize they have this viral attack, this cardiomyopathy, until something tragic does happen, like a heart attack or something bad. Uh, or, and sometimes <laughs> people don't even find out until post-mortem. They don't even, the families don't even find out that was the problem until after someone has died out of the blue, this cardiomyopathy. And so we were very thankful. I was very thankful. We caught it in time, uh, and, and I was put on some medicine, and, 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 and it, it was wonderful. I bounced back very quickly. I was pulled out of the danger zone and, uh, and, and pulled out pretty quickly within three to six months. Um, I, w- I was about halfway back. My heart was functioning about half of the capacity that it should be in terms of pumping uh, this blood out to my body. The problem is, is that it's now been two years, and I'm exactly the same place I was then. That for whatever reason, my heart has not bounced back fully. I have not come back to that full place, that place that I was in on the upside of my, of my health journey. It just hasn't come back. And I've been, you know, working through medical therapy, and now I'm going to see some new specialists, and it's just this, it's this season that doesn't seem to want to end. And it feels like it should always be, I feel like I'm always on the cusp of it ending. You guys with me? I feel like I'm always on the cusp of it ending, but it's a season that has not ended yet. And right now, I'm, I'm in a little bit heavier uh, medical uh, therapy, and so I'll share this with you. Again, this is just part of my journey uh, getting a little bit more aggressive in the medicine that they're giving me, um, it, it's beginning to take its toll on me physically and mentally. And, and um, you know, Sunday mornings, I, I don't share this with a lot of people, and I don't share this for pity, but Sunday mornings, most people don't, I don't show it often, but Sunday mornings is such an incredible physical toll for me just to get through two services that it's almost too much. That, that I'll spend the rest of a Sunday doing virtually nothing because I'm completely fatigued and spent just after two services here. And that's something for me that, again, I don't want to boast in that weakness. I don't take pleasure in it at all. So hear me when I say over the last several months, it's been very easy for me to wake up in the morning and get my blinders on. Because when I wake up, I'm already weak. I'm already weak. I'm already, I'm already feeling worse than I did even five years ago before I started this journey. And I wake up feeling that way. And so it's easy for me to, you know, get the blinders on. Boy, I go to, I go to meaningless, meaningless, meaningless pretty quick, to be honest. And then it's very easy for me not to pay attention not to focus on, not to even worry with. Any other opportunity God brings me, any stuff with my family, kids, relationships, work, because I got my blinders on. I go there pretty, pretty quickly, pretty often. 
Some mornings I'll wake up, my staff will tell you, some mornings I wake up and I have a very healthy perspective and God is very gracious to give me that every once in a while, which is fantastic. And then I'll do a little bit too much yard work and I'll put the blinders right back on, right? Because then I'll, be, I'll feel awful, I'll feel fatigued, and I just go right back to God. Why? I take no pleasure in that. And I want you to hear this as I've prayed, as I'm extraordinarily hopeful that this will end at some point. It's not, it's not like I'm telling you this to say I'm a, I'm a hopeless state. I'm actually very hopeful that it will end, that God will continue to bring healing. And I'm seeking doctors because I think that that's one of the ways God does bring uh, healing as well. But I say that to say when I pray for healing, when I pray for him, I mean, those words that I'm begging God to take it away, to end the season that what I get back from him is that my grace is sufficient for you. I know you want to put the blinders on, Matt, but my grace is all you need. I want you to understand that fully. I don't take pleasure in admitting that I fail at this more often than I succeed. And the few times that I do succeed, what comes to mind often when I do experience a much better perspective is that I feel like God, when he says, my grace is sufficient for you, I hear him say, Matt, you know, Matt doesn't need it to be at his best for God to be at his best through me. Like Matt doesn't have to be at his best for God to do this incredible work through my life. And so the season that I'm in, I continue to fight it, I continue to put the blinders on, I can continue to whine and complain, but I can also see God's grace. I can also begin to recognize that, you know, for a season of my life, God, would you just put into me this, this ability to take pleasure in my weakness? Because it's just not natural for me. I don't know what season you're in right now. In the many seasons, actually, that you're in. It's one of the reasons when your homework today is, is to go map that out. Go map out the seasons that you've experienced. Take two or three big categories of your life. Take a three or four or five year period of time and just do it on paper. Do it on your phone. Just map out some of the levels and, of intensity and times that seasons began and, and, and have changed for you. And then ask God because I'm sure he will reveal it to you. Ask God, which ones of those seasons do you end up putting the blinders on every once in a while? Which, one of the, which, which of those seasons tend to be the ones that either you focus on too much because you don't want to deal with the other seasons in your life or that you're so overwhelmed by or that you feel so stuck in a rut by that you sort of abdicate and abandon the other opportunities that God brings you through the other seasons of your life? Next week, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about how we recognize God working in, in the seasons of our life, especially in the difficult seasons as we continue the series. But I want you to work on that this week. Begin to pray about it and begin to work like God work through you because I believe that if you would take this time to really change your perspective, there could be a real breakthrough for you, a real breakthrough for you to get those blinders off and enjoy God. Delight 
in the life he's given you and the seasons that he's blessed you with. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I'm, I am very, very grateful for the seasons of life that you've given me. And God, I do confess that in these, this particular season and in the area of my, in my, of my weakness, God, I have spent more time with blinders on and, and, and wanting to rush it and hurry it and end it. I've done that a whole lot more than I've done embracing you, embracing your grace in my weakness. God, I confess that and I pray that, that those that are here that are in a very similar situation, God, that they would confess that to you, that they would work through that with you, that you would breathe those words into their heart and soul, that your grace is enough and that your strength they don't need to be at their best for you to be at your best through them. God, I pray that as we walk through this journey, as, as people begin to map out these seasons and understand the complexity of the many, many seasons that layer and layer and layer on top of our lives, how quickly we put the blinders on and miss so much of what you're doing. God, I pray that you would convict us of that and you would move us into a place to see your purpose to see your timing, to, 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 to work through the training and the discipline that we need to move to a place of obedience in you and to see your grace. God, that for many, this would be a few weeks of their life this year, but would be a breakthrough in their trajectory of how they see their life and how they begin to glorify you and enjoy you and enjoy the seasons they're in forever. We thank you, Jesus. We pray it all in your name. Amen.